This is Channel 253. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Jenny. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, empowering an informed electorate. I thought we were informing an empowered electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Doug. Hello, Jenny Jacobs. Today we had Mr. Marty Campbell in the studio. He's running for Pierce County Council District 5. He did. We talked about topics, including topical topics. Lots of topical topics about the world on fire. That's right. And I name dropped uh, <laughs> Nerd Farmer host Nate Bowling three times, I think. At least three times. But, you know, <laughs> he's a pretty wise dude. So we end up talking about him. Please listen in. Mr. Marty Campbell has a lot of good things to say about Tacoma and Pierce County. Check it out. Welcome to the podcast, Marty. Thank you for having me here. It's nice to finally have you on the show. I've been I've been exciting. Oh, well, happy to have you here. Well, we always start these shows with a bit about you and your Pierce County slash Tacoma story. Can you tell us how you got to this point? How I how I ended up in Tacoma Pierce County. Well, I actually grew up on a small farm outside Omaha, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yes. Literally went to a two-room schoolhouse. Wow. So kindergarten through sixth grade was spent in two rooms. You're not that old. (laughs) No, but that that school was. I'm picturing my, like, pioneer days field trip, and I don't think that's the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, the Oregon Trail went through our property. So parts of it, we had wagon ruts through our property and stuff. So, um, but uh, it went... Uh, ended up in Kansas City for a little bit, came out here for a three-week temporary job in 1992. It was the summer of 92, mm. um, coming from the Midwest, and I just stayed. And we lured you in with our summer. and then... Yes. I was like, they told me it rains here all the time. <laughs> Clearly it doesn't. No, it does. They lied. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, by the time I was 22, I opened up a couple small businesses here in Tacoma, mm-hmm. Stadium Video um, and then Buzzard CDs, uh, which when people rented videos and bought CDs were mm-hmm. very great and popular businesses. And I was able to do that for about 20 years, uh, yeah. which is you know just amazing mm-hmm. and blessed to be part of that in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that, I got on like Neighborhood Council, Downtown Merchants Group, um, and leadership throughout, and that led to running for city council. The first time I ran, I, I, I didn't actually get elected the first time I ran. I ended mm. up running against Marilyn Strickland. Two years right <laughs> later, she was running for mayor, and I was running to get on council. And then I was elected to serve the uh, for District 4, the east side and south end of Tacoma. Um, and that I did that for the last eight years, just coming off city council uh, this last January, and that was amazing. Yeah. Um, absolutely. It was really hard when we first came on. Um, we were just you know, right at the height of the recession. Um, we had some hard cuts that we had to make on city council, uh, and we were seeing a lot of disinvestment in, in my district. Uh, the last six years, we were able to turn a lot of that around to see what you see happening in the Lincoln district, mm-hmm. which I understand they're doing primary paving by the end of the month. Um, <laughs> and uh, people asking me that all the time. When is that road getting paved? Yep. Primary paving, end of the month. And uh, then the Eastside Community Center, a lot of work around there. Yeah. Uh, uh, just got to meet so many great people uh, through that, but really to watch partnerships of government that we brought together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
getting behind uh, you know Shalisa's vision and really uh, seeing that, and then challenging all the other governments to, you know to step up in the school mm-hmm. district and Tacoma Housing Authority, Metro Parks, City of Tacoma, State of Washington, federal. Uh, Boys and Girls Club, I could just keep going on with all the partnerships that came in on this. And it, it was just amazing uh, to, to be part of that. But it was, you know, it, it was part of it. I mean, it was not, uh, it was amazing, but it was hard work and mm-hmm. uh, being part of that partnership. But really just the last eight years, just uh, serving that district and just, I think we've had a lot of positive change come through that. Um, so coming off. Uh, Rick Talbert's term limited out this fall. Um, he called me up and says, you know, I've seen the job you've done on city council. You've done a really good job, and I think that uh, uh, the district, Pierce County, could really use that. Um, so when we talk about the district, Pierce County District 5, um, it overlaps partially with District 4 in the city of Tacoma. Uh, so it's east side, south end of Tacoma, but then Midland, Parkland, Spanaway, mm. and then kind of down over the hill, uh, Summit, Waller, Clover Creek. And when you look at the issues through Midland, Parkland, Spanaway, it's an extension of some of the issues we have in the east side and mm. south end. And so I think there's a good opportunity going forward there. You just answered like all 10 of my questions in the very first <laughs> one. Sorry. Because <laughs> I wanted you to tell us a bit about um, your district, its boundaries, and the people that you'd be serving. So I, I did touch yes, on that a little yeah. bit, um, and but I'll, I'll I'll delve a little bit deeper. You know, kind of goes along River Road along the north there, yeah. uh, down to uh, Woodland, so just the side of Puyallup. Hmm. Um, so it's 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 very diverse, um, both you know physically. You've got the rural separator in there um, that is in Summit Waller, which has big restrictions on development, keeping a very rural feel, mm-hmm. much like the area I grew up in in Nebraska. Um, so I have an understanding of some of the issues that the people have there. Uh, but then when you kind of go along, as I say, kind of along the crest of the hill up there before you drop down into the uh, Pelt River Valley, the Midland Summit uh, or the Midland, Parkland, Spanaway, mm-hmm. East Coma, um, what we haven't done a great job of is making that feel like a, sim- a single corridor. Right. It's felt like these different chunks. Mm-hmm. And how can we smooth that out to make it feel like um, uh, they're, they're really supporting each other, not pushing issues back and forth between each other um, and, and growing that up through there. And so uh, one of the exciting things we have going through there uh, down Pacific Avenue is the high capacity transit. So part of when ST3 was passed, um, there was actually funding for a high-capacity transit line um, coming off of downtown. And this would be like the rapid rail you see up by SeaTac. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, infrequent stops, but uh, prepaid boarding and just moving the buses through very quickly. Um, so I think that can really be something that really builds out and can really change positively that whole corridor. What's the timeline on that? So they're um, actually fairly quick as far as government timelines go. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're out now doing um, a lot of their pre-study feasibility and such. Um, We'll probably be open before the light rail will be downtown. So probably Mm -hmm. I think about five years by the time because they've got to go and engineer some. uh, Some of the intersections will be a little tricky and some of the stops and uh, but they're because they don't have to lay down the infrastructure of rails. It goes yeah. much quicker once they decide what they're moving on. So they're buses then? Yes, it'll be on buses. So, hmm. Well, thank you for your work on that. That will be wonderful. Yes, it's going to be very exciting. <laughs> um, what are the particular factors at play for District 5, would you say? Um, issues that they face, challenges, 
The the issues are um, uh, first and foremost. I think when you when you talk out there is there's been a, a lot of crime, um, mm. uh, break ins or. Uh, just uh, stuff getting stolen out of yards and things like that. And it, it continues to be uh, something that we struggled with in East Tacoma. We've mm-hmm. made some gains on. Um, but I, making sure that when you call 911 that someone actually responds, um, yeah. that you're able to get them there, whether it be police, fire, EMS. Uh, and I think that's been, been part of the challenge there. Um, the other challenges I know that we have is uh, traffic, traffic. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of increase in housing without all necessarily the roads or the public transit to support it. Right. And so how do we build that up so that we don't have the congestion? And, and that goes beyond not just in the district, but if you're having to work up north, what's your congestion on the freeway like? How can we reduce that? Um, mm-hmm. How can we reduce a lot of opportunities or a lot of time just sitting in traffic? It's not healthy for anyone. It is not. So, and then uh, obviously the last one would be jobs and opportunity. We have um, a fair amount of poverty throughout that the, the community. But um, I think bringing jobs um, as a former entrepreneur, I drive around and see these empty storefronts and see nothing but opportunity. How yeah. can we create, you know, work with entrepreneurs, create a culture of entrepreneurship and get them to open up businesses, you know, in the community. It's, you know, not, nothing against Subway, but adding another Subway doesn't add character to a community. Right. But when you add another unique restaurant or a unique coffee shop where people can come together and it's something that's unique to their neighborhood, that mm-hmm. that's what builds pride. And so I'd love to see more um, individually owned entrepreneurial efforts throughout um, our district filling up those vacant storefronts. And what's the process for that then? How do you work with your fellow council members to change what the barriers are to that uh, happening? That That's um, – you know, always a challenge. Uh, with my time on Tacoma City Council, uh, you know, I'd sit down and really line out and, you know, I'd, I'd just watch and observe. And when I'd come up with something that I, I thought was helpful, I'd sit down with the uh, fellow council members, kind of walk them through what I'm thinking. You know, one thing we did uh, while I was on City Council was the uh, B&O tax. There was a threshold that if you made less than I think it was like $50,000 you didn't have to pay B&O tax. Well, if you're running a small business, that's barely, you know, turning around. Mm-hmm. That, that's your pretty base level. So we moved that up to $250,000 because that's usually where you're looking at two, three employees. And at that point, when you're making the $250,000 or more, your your cash flow is a lot better and you're able to, yeah. to handle that. And the other thing was I did a quick analysis and pretty much the effort for the city to collect tax revenues for anything under $250,000 was about as much as we were collecting. And so why do we need to be spending time, you know, taxing people who aren't making much revenue when it's costing us just Mm. as much money? So it's it's looking at it kind of holistically along a couple of those uh, phases of what's efficient for government, what's efficient for the entrepreneur, um, and what what achieves our our ultimate goal. Hmm. Can you talk a bit about the current uh, ideological makeup of the council and how will that affect your constituents and the issues you'd like to move forward with? Oh, the Pierce County Council is fascinating. Hmm. I've made a pledge <laughs> not to flip off anyone on camera. <laughs> um, the uh, and actually, I like a, a lot. You know, some of the stuff that they've been doing. Um, Rick Talbert's currently serving in the fifth district, and he's really done a great job at turning it around. When I'm out talking to people door to door, 
they they think you know they they know Rick listens to them. He gets out to the community groups. Um, they really feel they have someone responsive there. So I've got some big big shoes to fill there. But um, uh, when we look across the sum of it, some of the other you have you know Pam and Dan Roach. Well, Dan. Dan is term limited out, so he won't be returning. Um, but Jim McCune will still be there and Pam Roach in there. Um, a, a, a little different than I'm used to um, politicians I'm used to working with in the city of Tacoma. Um, I worked How with, so? I worked with Jim on the uh, uh, when I served on the Board of Health for yeah. uh, six years. I was a representative to the Board of Health from the city of Tacoma. He was on it for a couple of years. And uh, he just has this far right opinion on so many things and it's just stuck there. Mm. And it's not not easy to dialogue or to say, here's some of the issues. Um, how can we get here? Compromise is not something that, that I saw a lot. Um, I saw a lot of rhetoric, but not a lot of compromise. Um, with Pam Roach, I've personally not had to work with her a whole lot. That a few times I have, um, haven't been bad, mm -hmm. but they've been very, very small. Um, I, I do recount the first time uh, she met with uh, as a county council member and thought Derek Young was staff member. So <laughs> that was, uh, and of course I've heard the stories and, and I think it begins with, you know, people keep asking me, why do you want to work with her? I'm not sure I do, but yeah. I don't want her making all of our decisions either. Right. And so to that, I'm willing to, to lean in um, give respect. Listen. Try to find out what's that nugget that's really that's really got her upset, or why is she really standing against this? Is is there value in that? Mm -hmm. um, and then trying to to see where we can find compromise and where we can't. Make sure you stand your ground, and you know do what's right at the end of the day. That was artful, Marty. <laughs> really Thank was. you, Doug. <laughs> um. So one of the things I was hoping that you would talk about today was that you worked with the city council in creating the welcoming city de designation. Designation and um, immigration is a real hot topic in the news right now. Can you help our listeners to understand um, how that is playing out for the city and how it might affect the city council or the county council as well? Thank you. Um, it actually about three, almost four years ago now, I went on a leadership. Uh, trip with National League of Cities ended up in uh, Savannah, Georgia, and they talked about the Welcoming Cities program and really the New York City's Office of uh, Refugee and Immigrant Affairs, and they have an amazing office. If you ever get a chance to look in what uh, New York City does, it's pretty amazing. And what I realized is that um, three, four years ago, this is something that could really help people in our community because we have a high um, amount of immigrants and refugees, particularly in the east side and south end, where mm. we have a lot of diversity, is how can I use this to better engage my community? So I brought back the idea of welcoming cities, um, which in Dayton, Ohio, Austin, Texas, at the time there were um, a, a good handful of them. And we became the first city on the West Coast to adopt the welcoming cities um, ideals. And uh, that is uh, really finding a way for government to better engage the immigrants and refugees in your community. I did not know three years ago that it would become the bedrock for our defense against national policies and threats coming out of the White House against people in our own community. Mm. Um, so we we're fortunate to have that in place, um, that we'd already gone out through that <clears throat> excuse me, through that a couple of years earlier um, and held town halls on lit, uh, Latino issues within the community, actually having the town halls in Spanish. I had to sit in there and I had to listen through the translator. It's a powerful yeah. thing. To, to put yourself in that other position of you have to listen through a translator and understanding, you know, this is what 
hundreds, thousands of people in our community navigate every day. Right. And so how can we do better um, at getting things out in multiple languages, providing that? So you, you fast forward again, Trump, Trump coming into office, and um, now it's it's gone from how do we elevate and engage to how do we protect? Mm. And it really has become that, uh, particularly on the east side and south end, the, the amount when I'm going in and talking with these communities, and because I built that relationship before, they're comfortable sharing with me, and, and they're scared. And it's um, – they're 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 they want to be part of out there, but the last thing they want to do is step out into light at this point. And mm. so it's that that dance of making sure that we're recognizing, defending them without putting them in harm's way by um, you know saying this is the story you have to be paying attention to. Uh, with that, you know, we were able to um, work on you know one of the things I helped is you know we tried to put parameters around the detention center you know mm-hmm. it's something that came long before we were on council and quite yeah. frankly um, doesn't fit into the vision of what our, our port should be um, it shouldn't be housing it shouldn't be private prisons um, but uh, you know they own the land there and so I think we as a community need to continue to struggle with um, how that remains in our community um, or I don't know if struggle but really just make sure we're expressing our values of what we think of it and make sure that that's loud and clear. Um, you know, I, I sit here and just think about the what's happening down on our border with these kids being put in um, uh, detention. What, what's the latest one I heard of these tender age yeah, facilities? Yeah, I read that this morning too. You know, it's hard to find me speechless, and, and yeah. this is just speechless because um, never could I ever imagine we'd get to this point. And um, oh, this is, I, I think, going to be a, a big defining moment for our nation because if we find a way to accept this, then what is bad enough? Because, quite frankly, we crossed that line long ago, mm. and this is just another of seeing how far as a nation we will accept um the unacceptable uh, right. before we push back. And so um, I think we need to be on all fronts pushing back because uh, this is just unacceptable with what we're – and it's not just the kids. They're, they're a good symbol, but it's – this mm-hmm. is what we've been doing to families. Um, one of the things I've learned uh, is what's happening in the Khmer community. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, the Cambodian community. Mm. They came here as refugees 30, yeah. 40 years ago from – a very brutal genocide, and they were escaped, and we welcomed them. Mm. Well, now we've started um, implementing laws that say, well, yes, you came here as a refugee, but if you um, ended up getting arrested, then we're just deporting you back. And so there are um, uh, young men mostly, but uh, men and women who are getting deported who came here when they were four years old, Mm -hmm. and they're being sent back to a country that they um, have never visited, don't know anyone there. They have kids and families here. Mm-hmm. And they came here. They made a mistake. They went through our court system, did their time, and then they're sent away. So essentially for what would be um, gross misdemeanors or you know just some, some things that people would be able to say, okay, I screwed up and returned their lives from, it's death sentence for these people because we're sending them to a land they don't know. Um, and that's, you know, that's an untold story because you've got these other stories grabbing the headlines. And so uh, the, the fight is continuous. It's door to door throughout our community. And um, it, we just have to keep raising these issues 
and pushing back as hard as we can because uh, these are um, residents in our community. We've welcomed them. We've built statues to welcome them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to make sure that we continue to, uh, uh, first of all, protect them and then embrace them and help them. Mm. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more Marty Campbell. This is Marguerite Martin, a.k.a. Pod Auntie. I'm host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Move to Tacoma. This podcast is part of the Channel 253 family. If you've been enjoying our shows, please take a moment to consider supporting the work we do by joining Channel 253 as a member. Members get a regular-ish email and a discount in the Channel 253 online store, but it's also a sign of your support for community-focused podcasting. If you want to listen to podcasts about your community, we are here for you. With your support, we can continue to be sustainable moving forward. Visit channel253.com slash membership to support Channel 253. And now back to the show. Okay, while we were on the break, Doug told us that there has been some executive order about not se- no longer se- Plan- plans and executive plans order. and executive order to no longer separate families at the border. Wait, wait, wait! I thought only Congress could fix it. Right now, right. an executive yeah. order will work. I thought I, that it was all the Democrats' fault. Strangely, that it's just been happening for the last couple of weeks, and yeah. Democrats are in control of nothing in this country, but it's the Democrats' fault, right? You know, I, I think I finally figured out why Trump went and met with the leader of North Korea is he's looking for a place for asylum uh, when uh, uh, this all catches up. because That's a hot take. It's, uh, <laughs> um, in all seriousness, it's just watching these people get be used as, you know, pieces on a game board is just that that's, you know, um, I, I want to say that's not who we are as people, but it is things it we've is. done in the past. Um, but America, it's something that right? I want to hope we move beyond. And uh, so it's just scary to watch it happen again. Pieces on a game show. Yes. I just wish there was something to do. I mean, I've given money where I'm supposed to give money. Like, I'm willing to march in the streets, but I don't feel like that takes any, that makes any difference. It's just so, I'm really... Just recently, it's funny that it's taken me two plus years to get here, but I have outrage fatigue. Like, it just keeps getting worse. Channel 253 host Nate Bowling just posted something on Facebook saying, Hey, white folks, what are you going to do about this? And uh, I wish someone would tell me what to do. It's, I, a, it's, an, it's a fascinating thread, and it's a, it's a good idea. We, we have the power. What do we do? <sighs> and I, I think you'll see some action coming up in some various ways. Uh, you, you talk about giving money, so I'm going to take this opportunity to plug from Welcoming Cities. The city of Tacoma started an immigrant defense fund right. for immigrants that are detained down at the detention center, Tacoma residents, because they get down there and then they don't have – because – this is all the weirdness – because it's a civil infraction, mm-hmm. they're not required a public defender. Wow. But we call them criminals, but we won't defend them because it's a civil action. I mean, again, the, the, the doublespeak is just so horrific on this that you spend more time trying to – correct people. So uh, you can go onto the City of Tacoma website and donate to the Immigrant Defense Fund to help uh, residents here in Tacoma who may find themselves down at the uh, detention center. And I think that's locally a big way that we can help. And uh, a big thanks Council Member uh, Keith Blocker, who we brought that forward together. And I was part of the task force we did uh, last year 
again in response as part of the welcoming cities and the response. And then the other forward moving is we started a commission on immigrant refugee affairs that uh, uh, advised the city council on these continuing issues. So we, we have a, a position in place made up of immigrants and refugees to help advise us on some of these. We'd hoped it would be, again, more about entrepreneurial growth and job <laughs> growth, and it's going to be about um, just helping defend our neighbors. So, mm. uh, I'll cite Nate again. He pointed out the cruel and sh- sh- frightening irony that there are there's a railroad line going right next to the detention center. (sighs) Bad, bad place for a detention center. And having public officials refer to immigrants as vermin. Like, where have we we seen that before? Infestation, animals. (laughs) Okay. So what we know is this is unacceptable for Pierce County. And as a Pierce County council member, I will continue to raise that issue. I'd love to see Pierce County become a welcoming county because it's a welcoming cities and counties initiative. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to bring a lot of that out to Pierce County and see if we can provide that leadership on a countywide level. Um, As you can see, I work pretty hard in this and think Mm -hmm. a lot about it. And um, yeah, so I'd love to bring that back to our county and and have this be a countywide, not just a city of Tacoma discussion. Excellent. The thin veneer of objectivity of the show has been stripped away. I know. Right? <laughs> Once and for all, I'm afraid. All right. Well, speaking of that then. Um, yes. Back in April, you were one of 12, um, or sorry, 17 Pierce County elected officials that called for represent- 29th District Legislative District Representative David Sawyer to step down after eight women came forward accusing him of inappropriate behavior. Can you speak a bit about how this letter came to be and what have been the results? Uh, I, I believe it was uh, actually Dark Young and Rick Talbert that began the uh, creation of the letter. Um, they reached out to myself and some other council members from the uh, – they wanted at that time um, uh, elected officials or former elected officials who were um, kind of from the uh, south end of the city, um, mm. kind of the neighborhood around where uh, David was. People who um, – we'd heard these stories for years. I know them to be true. I know some of those eight women. I'm fairly certain there's more. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, if at some point again it comes back to, if that's not a line, then what is the line that becomes unacceptable? Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I, I worked with you know, and and uh, uh, helped talk with some other people, and we were able to grow the list to be a, a pretty impressive list of who's who in the. Uh, Tacoma area, um, mm. but really just setting the stage of, you know, you, we can't accept that. And, and the other hard part there has been um, David's response, which has been rather um, just standoffish and sort of, well, that's this issue, or I'll wait till this comes out, or I'll wait. It's been this delay, delay, deny, deny. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there's these rumors have been around for years, and um, many of us know it to be true. And so uh, he, I think, would be well served to, to just step back and re- reevaluate and say, you know, I, you know, he, he's given some sort of a half-hearted apology at this point, but just a sincere, I don't get this, and I need yeah. to step back and step out of the limelight, and stop making decisions for other people until I get it, and once I get it. Then you know, mm-hmm. have a conversation with us. But David, you're you're not getting it yet. 
So that, that was part of it. he continued his election mm-hmm. campaign. Yes. And, um, uh, uh, you know, and then I was, um, then I saw many other organizations um, adopted that letter and, and mm-hmm. took it on. And I think at the end of the day, we got actually 20 elected officials to sign mm-hmm. on to it. So, um, uh, which is unusual. Everyone always talks about how, oh, all the elected officials, they just have their backs. And um, yeah. no, in, in Tacoma, Pierce County, we've been known to, you know, stand up and say, okay, we're, we're, we're not playing well with you right now. Happened right. once while I was on city council. Um, and uh, it, it's happening here that, you know, we, we do actually stand up and say, you're, 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 not, you're not working well for your, your constituents and for our constituents because there are two. And as so. of this time, he has faced no consequences. Uh, not, not that they I don't. came to the they whatever their review that was happening came to an end and they validated the claims but then didn't take any action. Was that correct? Correct. He did lose because he was in line or, or had the the chairmanship, and whether or not he was going to be stripped of it, he stepped down from it. So mm. their the strongest action they could have taken, he took that off the table when he stepped down from it. So um, to, to to that end, but that was just relinquishing. Um, again, relinquishing uh, a position that he had gained that benefited his constituents, his behavior right. now has constricted his ability to serve his constituents to the best of his ability. And that's what we're saying is that's, you know, you've, you've yeah. right there, your own actions of having to step out from an influential position make the case of why, you know, that there's lots of good people yeah. who, who can stand up. Not it, fit it, to serve. Yeah. Step away. You you need to need to assess this. Mm. Um, you know he's there. Uh, you know, and then then come back and have the conversation. But but you really need to assess where you're at. Yeah. And so that's that's my my, my advice there. Mm. So. Uh, switching gears a bit. Um, something that I when I was preparing for this interview, I was kind of researching. All of the um, places that I could research you and found, as I knew, that you're pretty active on social media. And yes. I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about how that has changed over the course of your political career and what are your thoughts on politicians and social media and their complicated relationship. They're very complicated. Um, you know, I, on one hand, I, I love the interconnection it gives with our communities. Mm-hmm. I hate that we have national policy set set out at 140 character or 280 characters as it is now. Yeah. That we nationally turn a ship based upon tweets is 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 not healthy. Mm. Um, I think, uh, but locally, I think social media can be incredibly powerful. Um, you have to be uh, very conscious of how you use it, you know, because they're very they're they're public conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as an elected official, you have to be more careful because when you say something, as it shows with Trump, even when he's typing something as he's falling off to sleep, it, it, yeah. it can set down a road of national policy or it can create an incident. And the same thing locally can happen. I can tweet discomfort with something. All of a sudden, I got five people calling me. Oh, how, why didn't you call me? Why didn't yeah. you do this? It's like you know, I was just kind of opinioning on this. And yeah. so you've got to be really careful about um, make sure that you have your facts mm-hmm. as an elected official. But I really use use my um, social media as part of a lot of the neighbor. I'm part of about 25 neighborhood groups, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm really able to see some uh, keep small issues small. 
it allows us to uh, see these issues as they're emerging, and um, I can then go talk to a CLO or I can go talk to a city manager and say, I'm seeing a couple of people complaining about one house. So uh, rather than it becoming this big, everyone running down to Citizens Forum or lingering mm. for years, it's I can or yeah. I can see things connecting across communities. And so it really gives me this very raw, sometimes very raw uh, yeah. uh, connection of what's happening in my community. But it's it's good for public service. Yeah. Uh, the downside is it's 24 seven, seven days a week. Um, and so sometimes you just have to set that aside. And then if you're not responsive within, you know, yeah. people expect, you know, a fast repost or yeah. um, uh, they can, you know, if you're not agreeing with them, you know, they'll they'll call you out. I mean, accountability is mm. very different these days because yeah. they'll, 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 you know, if, you, if I'm not doing the best I can, they'll call you out on social media. Um, and so what's really shifted around social media and political service is uh, it's that immediacy. It's the... 24-7 contact. It's mm. the immediate accountability. On the other hand, I'm able to get a message out um, at least to those who are connected and paying attention in ways I couldn't before because yeah. I'm able to not only you know take the policy, put it out there to where you know I know that they're they're listening and they're reading, but then also give follow-up conversation. So there's times I've posted about policies uh, that we've adopted and people are like, well, what does that mean here? What does that mean there? Um, and so that's kind of uh, an interest, interesting way. I actually mm-hmm. used social media last year to help uh, drive a new policy at the city of Tacoma. One of the last things we voted on was some tax credit changes. Um, and so in the city of Tacoma, you get a $500 tax credit if you open up a business that pays a living wage job. You create a new living wage job, you get a $500 tax credit. And uh, Councilmember Lonergan came up with the idea that, well, if it's someone who lives in the city of Tacoma, if we really want to be helping Tacomans, yeah. uh, there should be an additional one. I said, well... We also have this job sector called the International Financial Services Area that was a classification created to try to keep Frank Russell. I said, mm-hmm. why can't we do a classification for green jobs? Everywhere I go, everyone, oh, we need more green jobs. We need more green jobs. Support needs green jobs. We need them here. So why don't we incentivize that? And then everyone looked at me and said, what's a green job? And, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. So I, so I actually put it out on social media. I said, friends, how would you define green jobs? And um, after a few posts, someone came back and said, well, if you look at the U.S. Department of Labor, they have a very clear definition, blah, 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 right here. I went back to city staff and said, there's the definition we're going to use. And that took all the ambiguity of having the staff to define what a green job was because it created this other one and allowed us to get it through. And now if you open up a uh, or you create jobs in the city of Tacoma that are green jobs, uh, you get a tax credit for that. So that's thanks to social media. I love uh, that. There's something redeeming at least. Right. Good. <laughs> Jeez. Don't ask Doug about the state of the world right now. No, no, no. Particularly seen through the filter of social media. That's right. How can he, people he, he's get... the one in there giving us breaking news. I know. I know, right? I, I'm, I'm a unified doom theorist. Usually you call yourself a doom peddler. <laughs> well, I'm a doom peddler, but um, but yeah, I was talking to Nate about this, and he, he you know, he said, well, he he has sort of doom doomy feelings about uh, income inequality, and 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 I said, well, no, no, I'm I'm I've got I've got problems with that too. So so I'm a unified doom theorist. That's why mm. you, you see doom in everything. So so you don't believe the glass is just half empty, but someone's going to come along and kick it over at any second. Well, I don't know how far I want to get into this, he but I think the glass I think, is on fire. Yeah, I think. I think it's filled with grain alcohol and it's on fire. Yeah, and somebody's tipping it over. Yeah. Uh, Doug, the tipper of flaming glasses. True. 
So speaking of county council. Yes, speaking of county council. <laughs> That's what I have to look for. How can people get involved to help with your campaign? Oh, what a great question. Um, I'm on social media. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I do have a Facebook group. I have a, wedge, a web page, Elect Marty Campbell. Um, thought that would be really appropriate. You can go on there. Uh, you can give me a call on my cell phone, 253 376 3774. I will repeat that later. Um, <laughs> and uh, Or you can send me an email at Elect Campbell. Uh, it, you can look me up on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I don't really do the Instagram that much yet. <laughs> Although I'm, I have some uh, uh, millennial friends of mine who are really pushing me to get onto that. <laughs> but I've drawn the line at Snapchat. So oh, I will yeah, not. No. That, that's that's now, now I'm really getting too they're, far down. They're politically dirty, so you don't want to get involved with them anyway. Okay. Good, good, good. So yeah, uh, reach out to me. Happy to have people. I have uh, great opportunities. We've been out knocking doors. Uh, if you want to make phone calls, uh, if you just want to uh, come around and uh, you know, we can host a community conversation about something of interest. Mm. Um, I'm pretty accessible that way and, and like to just do a lot of those things. Nice. Can you bring us on home? I would love to. Uh, you know, this is, I, I do believe, going to be an important race for uh, the Pierce County Council because we need to make sure that we um, keep the Democrats that we have, uh, try to move forward, and then look at winning back because right now the Republicans have the county council. What can we do to win it back uh, through this or future election cycles? Um, I, I think when you look at the experience that I bring from serving on city council, from being a small business owner, from really just being super engaged out in the community, it fits really well with the needs of the 5th District. When we look at uh, talking about housing, housing affordability, when we look at social justice issues, uh, immigration that we're facing. You know, I, I went deep on a couple issues, but there's another dozen issues. I can mm. go deep on around transportation or parking or uh, other social justice. And so uh, I think that that's what uh, makes a good fit for our county council. And what we need is that uh, mature, experienced leadership that uh, will help us return to a county council that we can be proud of. Thanks for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks, Marty. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma podcast today. We are part of the Channel 253 network where you can also find the Move to Tacoma podcast as well as the Nerd Farmer podcast. And the Flounders B Team, Crossing Division, and Taco Man podcasts. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you've heard on the show today or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, maybe there's something you've been wondering about that maybe we can investigate for you, please contact me at jennyjacobs253 at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Citizen Tacoma. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.